Hey, welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. This is Brendan Sinone sitting next to me on my couch with a, uh, we got some ambiance going on. I got a fireplace. I have, uh, I have a PlayStation uh, 3 game of NCAA football going in the background. So we got the mood set here. I got Chris Knee sitting right next to me. Uh, and on the, the FaceTime, yeah, that's right, Chris, just put your shoes up on my couch. That's fine. Uh, on the FaceTime, we got Josh Newberg. He has an acupuncture appointment like in 20 minutes. So we're going to try to speed this along here. Big recruiting weekend. It's the first recruiting weekend for Willie Taggart, uh, and there's a lot of names. So let's just jump into it. Now, people want to know about recruiting. Josh, you just put up recruiting scoop. Let's go a little bit more in depth than that is. Uh, but let's talk about the commitments the guys at FSU has secured already that they brought in for this weekend. Let's go down the list. Yeah, you got uh, Robert Cooper, who's a name that you know we were putting on flip watch to flip to possibly Alabama or Georgia about a week ago at this time. But Willie Taggart made him a priority, got on the recruiting trail, and saw him within his first couple days in office. Um, he, he locked that recruitment up. I don't think there's too much to worry about there. Um, Christian Armstrong's coming in. He's, he's a solid commit, you know, offensive tackle out of Georgia that's been with him since the summer. FSU beat Penn State for him, and he really hasn't wavered. Uh, the other commitment that's coming in, you know, Florida State has a little bit of work to do here with Asante Samuel. There's been a lot of uh, Miami Hurricane rumors floating around lately, but him coming in for this visit this weekend probably isn't coming at a better time. Um, with with everybody being on campus and Willie Taggart hosting his first weekend in Tallahassee with all these top names, I think Asante Samuel shores it up, and you know we, we come out of this weekend hearing how solid he is. So, going to be a big weekend. Oh. Can't forget our recruiting coordinator who will be on campus, Amari Gaynor. It won't be an official visit because he already took his in October, but just having Amari Gaynor around on campus is like having another coach there. So that'll be important as well. One thing to add on Christian Armstrong is that he uh, he's actually playing for a state title tonight at his home park because of the snowpocalypse that happened in Georgia last week. They weren't able to play in the dome, so they had to move it to the home park. So he's playing tonight. He's planning to come in either very late tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Great info, Chris. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Josh. He also just fumbled the football uh, on a kickoff return, which is just idiotic. He's really screwed up my UCF dynasty. Um, of the of the guys you just mentioned, Josh, I think the one we'll elaborate a little bit is Asante Samuel. People are worried about the Miami flip, like you said. Uh, but Willie Taggart did go down and visit him. What we're recording this on a Friday. When did he, Willie visit him? Was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, he went to the school on Wednesday afternoon and then in home that evening. So clearly a uh, an emphasis on getting him locked up. Uh, that would obviously be one of the, the bigger uh, recommitments, I guess, if you will, along with Robert Cooper, Robert Cooper, if, if FSU can get him, right? Like that's that's a priority, probably one of yeah. the, the bigger ones in this class. Yeah, that kid's a dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's when – I mean, that's uh, when I talked to Amari Gaynor for the story on uh, – Josh came up with the, the – Biffy little title of uh from what 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 was it Josh from, from Bill Cal- that's it that's it that's it pay attention I want I want my royalties on that title too I mean I'm I'm giving you it. I'm giving you credit now uh, and yeah you know, it did fine it, I don't Pod know. had it first yeah um <laughs> but uh but one thing Amari said that that really didn't get into the story was the conversation he had with Willie Taggart and that was uh, kind of echoing what Willie said on his. Uh, his introductory press conference last Wednesday, which was he wants a bunch of dogs on defense. Well, he said war daddies and badasses, 
at the press conference, but but basically told Amari he just wants dogs. He wants to get uh, accumulate talent. I, I don't think they're really concerned about scheme right now. They just want to get a bunch of athletes and a bunch of guys who can bring some nastiness back to the defense that we really haven't seen much the last few years. So uh, Asante Samuel certainly seems to, to fit that mold, right? You said it best, Brendan. Woo! Yeah, bye what, what more can I say? I don't know. That's why you're here on the podcast is to say more. But... Um, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's move on then, since Chris is distracted by uh, screwing up my video game. I'm not distracted. We we've covered the commitments. There's not a whole lot to add there. Asante is the main one that you know will be the interesting follow up interview on Sunday. Are you gonna do uh do airport stalking? No, none of these kids I presume will be airport kids. They're mostly in-state kids or Georgia kids. I mean, from South Florida to North Florida. I mean, if Wood Wood Bay showed up from out in Cali, which is still a possibility, but at this point he hasn't told me he's coming, then, yeah, maybe I would uh, go reacquaint myself with the airport security. You you Wood Bay equate yourself with? I hate you sometimes. (laughs) Let's let's talk about the uncommitted guys. Let's let's move on here. Josh? So the uncommitted guys, so I can get Brandon off the air, the uncommitted guys, one of the big things I broke this morning uh, was Michael Penix is going to come in. And Penix is, if, for those that don't know, he's the one that decommitted from Tennessee earlier this week. Uh, Florida State offered him on Sunday. They did an in-home visit with him on Tuesday. And on, I believe it was Wednesday evening, he, he reopened his commitment and decommitted from Tennessee. Um, he had an official visit set to UT this weekend, but obviously that's off. And this morning, his head coach at Tampa Bay Tech, Jason Roberts, told me that they had just sent over his transcripts and his early enrollee status to FSU, and the visit was on. So I I confirmed this morning that mom will be on the visit. Still working to find out if dad is going as well. And also, the Penixes love to travel. Um, They go everywhere. And he may or may not stay the whole weekend. He went up to Indiana on a midweek visit just for about 24 hours and back. So I'm not quite sure if he plans on staying the entire weekend or if he'll just be there Friday night. So uh, check back with Knowles 24-7. We'll have updates on that. The other, the other uncommitted, guys, is a, is a duo from Armwood who we've talked a lot about. It, it, real, or, quick on, real quick yeah. on hey, – slow down there. Slow down I there. was just going to add on Mike that he, uh, he's he been here for junior days the last two years. He also camped with FSU in 2016, and the family's been up with him on a couple of those visits. So there's a lot of familiarity before the official visit right. even happens for that family. And also just to add to Josh's point, which he kind of made but wasn't direct, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to sign on probably Wednesday. Like he's a kid that steadfastly wants to decide and sign during the early signing period. So – you know, he it's it's not cracking time for him. I think Indiana's main competition, would you say that's right, Josh? Yeah, family's not too keen on I mean, USF Sean King's doing a great job with him, but from the sources that I'm talking with that are close to uh, him and his family, they kind of want him to get up out of Tampa and go somewhere. Um, Indiana, yeah, I'd say Indiana with Tom Allen um, is the biggest competition for Florida State right now. Cool. All right, on to the next one for you, boss, man. Yeah. Warren Thompson and Malcolm Lamar, the two uh, key pieces from Armwood, are coming in this weekend. Warren Thompson's a big six foot three and a half, two hundred and five pound wide receiver. Uh, Malcolm Lamar is a big defensive end, six five, about two sixty. Um, both of them were committed to Oregon throughout the summer, throughout the fall. Warren Thompson decided to reopen his commitment and decommit from Oregon last week, and Malcolm Lamar has not done so yet. 
I think both of them are going to be Seminoles. I feel a little bit more confident in Warren than I do Malcolm, but at the end of the day, I just can't see Malcolm Lamar going 3,000 miles away to Oregon when Willie Taggart's no longer there. So I think they got a good shot at those. And then the other Tampa Bay area recruit, a little bit north of Tampa Bay, but Isaiah Bolden, he's coming in. Now, everybody should be familiar with him because he was committed to Florida State for a period of time. He flipped to Oregon. I believe it was either late May or early June. Um, flipped his commitment to Oregon. Willie Taggart leaves. He reopened his commitment not long after. And it seems like just a matter of time till he's back with the Knowles. Um, and then the other one, the last one, is Antoine Green. He's a wide receiver that was also committed to Florida State for a while. Now, he, for some reason, opened up his recruitment prior to the Willie Taggart hiring. And now, after meeting with Willie and Lawrence Dossie last week for an in-home visit, it looks like he's destined to return to Florida State. Um, I talked to a source close to him that tells me Ohio State's the biggest competition there. But Chris, do we know if he's scheduled an official visit to Ohio State to this point? No, at this point, the only official he's scheduled is FSU. He's one of those that kind of takes it as it comes. He doesn't talk a whole lot either. Um, North Carolina is another school that's working really hard there. Old Miss and Florida had hoped to get in there, but I don't know if they're as well in the mix as Ohio State and North Carolina. But the North Carolina staff did an in-home. They've done a very good job with them. They're definitely a school that has gotten his attention. But I think Antoine ends up back in the class. Right. And uh, to retreat on one on Bolden, um, the minute that Tiger got hired, I got a DM from somebody that's known Bolden for a couple years, coached him <laughs> at a different stop, and he immediately told me that he's going to end up a null. And Bolden fallen in all intents and purposes has basically said everything but that to this point. You know, he had the comment to me that I published a couple days ago that, you know, essentially people get the deal. I really like the coach. I really like the school. I'm very familiar with the school. We're going to see what happens. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on the five for five with those five. Uh-oh, don't tell Shay we just said five for five. Five for five. Uh, LSU, uh, LSU uh, did not have a great time with five for five a couple years ago. But. No. Um, the, the only thing I would say five for five would be lacking would be Michael Penix. Um, while I'm confident, well, let's just say – the only way he doesn't end up on this class is if for some reason he gets up there and FSU decides not to go all in on him. If we see him end up at Indiana, um, maybe there was some hesitation on FSU's side or you know the Pennixes felt that there was hesitation on FSU's side because I know Tom Allen and, and Indiana is going all out. They did an in-home visit with him last night with five coaches. Um, so they're, you know, they absolutely want him. I just heard a little background noise over, you know, after FSU went in home, like the, the, there might have been some hesitation on whether or not FSU was actually going to bring him in this weekend. So I'm just, you know, I'm not going over the top by saying, you know, I'm going to guarantee Pennix is going to be in this class. But the fact that they are bringing him up this weekend is probably enough for me to, you know, put him on commit watch. What are your thoughts on Mike as a player? You're, you're somebody that's had the opportunity to see him more than I have. I've seen him in a camp setting. I think I've seen him in some seven-on-seven, seven, if I remember correctly. But you've gotten to watch him a bit more with being on the ground down there in Tampa. What What are your general thoughts on him? Yeah, he's a great athlete. Um, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. I think uh, he's he's he brings the skill set that Florida State needs with this Gulf Coast offense. He also has um, ideal size. You know, he's, he's about – he's at least 6'1 and a half, if not 6'2". 
Um, he has a great arm. He likes to he likes to run around and, and be a gunslinger and hit the deep ball. You know, the last time I saw him in person was against Plant City in, in the Jamboree, and Plant City's no slouch. They got some players, and he was just, he was on it. I mean, he was moving the sticks with his arm, with his legs, but he also hit on three deep balls, two of which went for 40-yard-plus touchdowns. Um, real effortless. I know the QB coaches that he works with in the area. Um, he's, he's part of that John Caleo group, and, you know, he's been with them for, like, two years. We saw, uh, we saw him at Nike. You know, he was right up there in the top five when we saw him with Justin Fields, Joe Milton, um, Carter Bradley, and all those guys. I think with what's available and his skill set, this is probably where FSU needs to focus their attention right now. Now, uh, Warren's obviously a stud. He's a guy that FSU's been very high on for a long time. Have you seen him this year for Armwood? And what were your takeaways with watching him in a game? Because... Last summer when I saw him in 7-on-7, seven seven, he was just dominant. Saw him prior to that during his junior season in person. He was dominant in that setting, too, with pads on, without pads on. But did you get a chance to see him here in recent weeks and months? Yeah. Um, I was at a game a couple weeks ago, and he draws all the attention from the defense. Um, Warren's starting to understand that he's a beast on the field. This is something that I said all summer with Team Tampa. Like, once Warren understands that he's unstoppable, he's truly going to be unstoppable. And I saw some of that fire this season. Um, He draws a lot of pass interferences. He draws a lot of attention. And, you know, he gets fiery out there. There's at least once a game where he just gets sick of that, sick of it, and, and, you know, gives the DB a a shove or something. And that's kind of the fire that I wanted to see from Warren. Um, He's obviously uh, a big body, but he's also a deep threat. He's fast. He's a long strider. Um, if you lose him for a second, he's going to beat you over the top. So he's what Florida State needs. I mean, to me, he's he's not as fast as George Campbell, but he's about the same size and much better hands. Um, he's a he's a go up and get it type player, somewhere between a George Campbell and an Auden Tate. More physical than George too, right? Right, right, right. Not, not as physical as Auden, no. but more physical than George. Did uh, Malcolm Lamar play in the game you went to? I know he's dealt with some injuries during the season. Like, he didn't yeah, play in their he, state title played, game. Yeah, he's played well. Um, he's played inside and outside, meaning D-tackle and D-N for Armwood. I'm not sure exactly his position on the next level. I've also mentioned that, you know, he could be an offensive tackle, possibly. Anybody with that size and length, I mean, you look at his arms and stuff, uh, you gotta you got to see if maybe he fits in at left tackle. Um, not saying that that's what FSU's bringing him in for, but I've talked to plenty of college coaches that all kind of look at him and, and see that possibility as well. It just really depends on what he, how he grows into it all. Because if he's going to be, if they think he can be a 305, 310-pound lineman, then maybe you know, you're know you either looking at him at a D-tackle or offensive tackle. Um, but he does get off the ball well for his size and, and, and his weight. Um, he's... He's a bit of a project, but when we're talking about projects and you, and you got Chaz Neal on the commit list, there's no way Malcolm Lamar should not at least have had an offer. Uh, I think we all talked about that at length off air. But this was something long overdue. I mean, it, it's really a head-scratcher on how Malcolm Lamar was never offered. Do you, uh, think, do you think they got Chaz Neal and Malcolm Lamar confused, tall guys from Armwood? 
I mean, I think so. That, that could, that's the only way I could rationally explain it. I, I did have Chaz Neal uh, scribbled down here on a piece of paper to ask you, Josh. Uh, is there any anything new on him? I know some a lot of fans are asking about I don't know. Him. We just follow the visits, and we have seen no attention given to Chaz Neal, meaning we haven't seen a coach go by his school. I think that's pretty much all you need to know. Like, we just talked about Robert Cooper and how uh, FSU made him a priority by going to see him. Uh, Antoine Green, FS, Taggart went and saw it within those first five or six days. So, you know, without without saying too much, I mean, you can just kind of, you can tell what's going on there. The writing's... It's, it's prop, yeah, the writing's on the wall. I just don't know how we're going to know when, like, Chaz Neal decommits if he does. He'll, he's not on social, He'll right? send a smoke signal. He'll just, you know, start a fire and send the smoke signal. Let us know it's happening. Seveners on fire. And then he'll end up at an FCS school. Whoa. Um... I'll take the last two officials. Isaiah Bolden, cadet, spent some time in Jacksonville and then moved back down to Tampa. He has family in both areas, so it's allowed him to move around a bit. He wants to be a corner. I think personally he's more of a safety, but he's a talented guy, good length, good athleticism, willing to be physical enough. And then Antoine Green, I've not had the opportunity to really see him in a game setting outside of film, but he's kind of a bouncy basketball type kid, outside receiver, can go up and grab it. Good athlete, good size. He checks off a lot of boxes for what they want at receiver. I don't think he's of the level of a Warren Thompson as far as like ability to be a physical freak, but he's pretty damn talented in his own right. So those are the other two. Um, as we mentioned earlier, there's a couple other guys we're monitoring to see if they might come in. Wood Bay's being the biggest one. He went fishing for an offer, and they put one on the hook. So now we'll see if he'll follow through, follow through and take a visit. I'd also heard Oklahoma might bring him in for a visit, or he just might not go anywhere. He's kind of left it open-ended. People aren't sure where he's going to end up this weekend. He's an Ohio State pledge for those that aren't familiar. Uh, anybody else that you're monitor- monitoring, Josh? Not really, no. Um, I'm not. You know, I got people that are set to tell me if anybody comes in that's unexpected, but I can't pinpoint anybody that I would say, yeah, you know, watch him. Do, do we have a do we have a feeling for since this is the first you know weekend that we'll see Willie Taggart host official visits at Florida State like Josh you covering Willie in past in past schools excuse me what can people expect like how is he going to put this on they're calling it a family weekend I don't know if that's different like what typical Willie Taggart official visit weekend like uh, we'll see yeah he tries you know he tries to make it like that family type atmosphere the cookout type atmosphere. Um, things will be a little bit different under Willie than they were Jimbo. Like we might see more social media activity throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very up on that kind of stuff. And, and Willie's, it's not lost on Willie that he needs to create some momentum on his own mm-hmm. and he'll do that. So yeah, I think there'll be a little bit more excitement around these, uh, visit weekends than in years past. All right, so transit trans. Good lord, we're struggling with talking today. It's we, all, I'm amazing. It's because I had I had that beer last night that was supposed to be yours from the server, and I ended up drinking it. And I paid for it. I think that's the part. Yeah. It wasn't that you got? It wasn't that you got the beer. It's that you got it, and then I paid for it. Okay, cool guys. No, no, back, no, no, no. Come not on, done Newberg. Yet. Back on topic. Usually, you're the one getting us off top off topic. Um, what are your general thoughts, and I'll share mine as well, of the first 10 days of Taggart on the trail? What have you taken away from the work he's done since he was hired? I mean, just as I've expected, he's going to go out and nail down the pro- – like I was always told that Willie works in, in prioritizing in both the way that he recruits and the way that he's going to assemble the coaching staff. So 
it's no secret that you know he made Justin Fields a priority right off the jump and tried to get in home with him. That didn't come to fruition, so he moved on. And you know we saw him go to Georgia. Who were the first couple targets he went and saw? Offensive linemen, because he knows that if the, his offense is going to work, he needs these guys up up front to to sign with FSU. So we saw him do a little bit of that. And then we saw him go hit the uh, uncommitted targets. We saw him get down to Tampa and see Warren Thompson and Isaiah Bolden and then get over to the other coast to see Jay Sean Corbin and Antoine Green and uh, Demarcus Adams because he needs speed. So um, the first week, eight days, has gone about as I've expected. Willie Taggart's just been killing it on the recruiting trail, and that's his focus. And when he's done with that, he'll turn it to coaching. But there's not any yeah, I think, yet. I think the most impressive thing to me is that he trimmed the fat immediately. He did not hesitate. Outside of Chaz Neal, they've parted with everybody that didn't fit what they were going to do or that they just simply didn't value as a commitment. Um, right. In most cases, like Stacey Kirby, for, for example, they did it in the correct manner too, which helps with PR. You know, Charles Strong, disappointed kid, was committed for two years, but he just doesn't fit what they're going to do. So it made sense for both parties. And obviously, we expect Chaz Neal for that to happen. Then we saw him, as you mentioned, visit the commitments that matter, visit guys who they want to be commitments that were previous commitments, making sure people understood that they mattered to them as a program. And, you know, I, I thought he did a good job with that. And you got to remember, he's doing this essentially with maybe one and a half members of his future staff working for him. You know, Odell's been there to help and Dossie, right? Now he's got Lockett hired. We're going to see him obviously make a lot of hires between the start of dead period and the end of it on January 11th, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Are you are you urinating while podcasting? No, I was just doing some dishes, Brandon. He's a multitasker. I'm not. It's almost as though he was completely unprepared for us to call him, even though we've been texting about this for days. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were doing this yesterday, and then I saw a podcast come out, and I was like, oh, I guess the guys didn't call me. Unless they turned Thursday into Friday, we were never doing it yesterday. Did you guys put a podcast out? Yeah. Yesterday? On Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Okay. On Wednesday. Asshole. I thought that's the one I was going to be on. <laughs> Hang so. on. No, no, no. This is... Oh, is <laughs> I, I talked to you about this on the phone, and you said you had something to do at 11, you had something to do at 1. I said, well, let's do it at noon, and we called you like at noon, and you didn't pick up. I'm busy. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough being Newberg. No, argue, no argument for me. So, obviously, this weekend, we believe, you know, five guys coming in that we expect to be <laughs> part of. Chris few. is just trolling I'm, Josh, I'm, forcing no. him to be late for his acupuncture. No, we're almost now. done here. Let's wrap it. <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah. Five guys coming in this weekend uncommitted. We believe we'll end up being FSU commitments in the end. Eight guys total this weekend that we expect FSU to sign. If they add those five, we'll put them around 13, which for going into the dead period is a pretty good number. You're halfway done with the class, and you probably feel pretty secure with the ones you have in the fold. So then they'll hit the ground running. What do you believe going into January outside of the new coaches on the staff is the most important part of recruiting for Willie Taggart and FSU? Uh, Adding some more speed, whether that be at running back with Jason Corbin getting back on on the boat or – at wide receiver, uh, adding another offensive lineman or two, and then James Foster. Uh, the plan for a quarterback, I believe, is going to be getting Michael Penix to enroll early and then going to be to land James Foster on signing day. Yeah, I agree with the quarterback part. I think it's important for them to bring in two because you don't know how that room's going to settle. You might lose mm-hmm. one after the spring. You never know. So you need to be prepared. You don't want to be behind the eight ball when that happens. Um, I think the other important thing for them is going out and finding like a long-term solution at left tackle. And right. I think I think they offered a Nicholas down at Berkeley Prep. Uh, Petit. That ain't happening. 
I know that's not. I know you don't believe that's going to happen. I'm not saying he's the one that's going to happen, but I think it's a good sign that we saw them go make that offer. Right. It shows okay. that that position and a player of that quality is a priority to them. The fact that the previous staff ignored a guy like that is kind of dumbfounding to me, yeah. at least. So I think it's good to see that, as we've always expected, and we wrote the minute the hire happened, he's going to swing for defenses. He is going to go for top-level talent and make them tell him no. I think that's important. And it's going to, I think January is going to be interesting. I think we're going to see a couple guys emerge that have never been on the radar for FSU before. And they may be State of Florida kids. They might be Southeastern kids. Hell, it might be a kid like Tashawn Harrison out West. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Josh is literally leaving us right now. He's walking out the door. Get some WD-40 on that. I'm just walking out the door. He's driving to point home that it's time to go. And we're at about 25 minutes, so I think we're good here. Real but. quick, real quick. How much should people panic when they don't get five commitments this weekend on Sunday? People should not panic till the first Wednesday in February because outside of the early signing period, and that's going to be what it's going to be for FSU, nothing really matters. Panic. Josh likes it when people panic. And he likes it when they ask him whether they should panic or not, too. Willie is going to teach people to have patience. Yes. <laughs> You're right. just here for it. All right, John's literally going in the car and FaceTime, and this is dangerous. Let's sign off. Yep. Good times. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. It was fun. This was a blast. We'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.